This morning's reading is from John, chapter 2, verses 13 to 22, which will be on the screen above, or you can find in your Red Bibles on page 1065. Um, I believe there are Bibles in other languages up the back of the church, if you want them, and page numbers are up there, I think. So John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 13. It was almost time for the Jewish Passover. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the death, From dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Helen, very much uh, for that. Uh, Please keep John chapter 2 open. And uh, I'll just turn this around and uh, we'll be able to see that. John chapter 2. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, as we approach this new year, we pray that uh, we may relate to you in the right way, treating you as the God who is our Father, who showers his mercy and grace upon us. Not trying to do deals with you. Lord, help us to know you for who you really are and know ourselves for who we are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is a strange story, isn't it? And a strange time to do it, in a way, um, as uh, uh, this story of Jesus throwing out uh, animals and, uh, and overturning the, 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 the tables with the money on in the temple. It's a strange story and a strange saying as well um, in the second half of the reading. And we're going to be looking at it um, a little bit uh, closely today. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, on uh, on Boxing Day, we were just gathering up all the paper, all the everything, you know, all the rubbish. In fact, actually, we did do it on Christmas Day as well. But all, you know, all all the the stuff the presents were in and all of that. And then the next day, we, 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 I I went to the, uh, uh, I I went to um, the rubbish tip. And I, I, you know, everybody was there throwing everything away. And um, 
all the empty packaging for Christmas, and actually, we made a bit of a mistake um, because we threw out uh, my daughter's uh, earrings on Christmas Day. They were on the table, and we cleared all the packaging away, and it went into the blue bin, uh, into the recycling bin, and we had to empty the whole recycling bin, and right at the very bottom, there they were. Whoa! That was a present from Grandma and Grandpa. So in amongst all the rubbish, something precious was lost. And I wonder whether in the story of the temple... Uh, the temple being the meeting place with God, that Jesus was perhaps saying, something precious is lost here. Something of great value is being lost. There is a wrong way to approach God. There's a wrong way to deal with God, to relate to God, and there's a right way. There's a wrong way to come to church and a right way to come to church, I guess. There's a wrong way to come to God, a right way. And we're going to be looking at that this morning so that we we start the new year in the right way. Start the new year in the right way. So we're going to look at the story of the temple, and there are two points only. There is the temple, two temples. There's the temple that needed to close, and there's the temple that is always open. The temple that needed to close. The temple in Jesus' day was where you went to meet with God, and Jerusalem had a huge temple. Uh, and, uh, but it wasn't doing its job. It was failing. Now, I know that there are some people here who work for the NHS, and so none of these sort of things that I'm about to say happen in Manchester hospitals. But <laughs> sometimes you can go to hospital feeling ill, and you can come out worse because there are bugs that are in hospital that you don't get anywhere else that are resistant to antibiotics. And so you go to a place of healing, and you come out sick. Now, that doesn't happen in Manchester. I know that because I'm really nervous because I know some of you do work in hospitals here. But Jesus is saying going to this temple, going to this particular temple, is going to not make you better. It's going to make you sick. There's something really wrong with it. And so that day when he went to the temple, he did something shocking. And I want you to imagine what was going on. Um, imagine it's Passover. It's in Jerusalem. It's Bedlam. People are setting up stalls. They're selling pigeons or doves or cows or lambs. Money changers are there so you can change your money. Did you know that actually your money was not good enough to, to pay the temple tax? You had to pay it in, <coughs> in a Tyrian silver because that was the purest silver. Now, unfortunately, the Tyrian money actually had a, the stamp of the Tyrian god Melkart on it, which is a bit dodgy. But anyway, there you are. That was all going on. They were changing. and You were walking through the court of the Gentiles, and the cows were doing their stuff over here, and the lambs were doing whatever they do, and so on and so forth. And a man appears, and he makes a whip of cords, and he drives out the sellers and the animals, and he turns over the tables with the coins, and he says, take these away. You've turned my father's house into a house of trade. The Greek word for trade is emporium. It's interesting, isn't it? And so here we are. Here's a festival, right? A religious festival. We wouldn't commercialize a religious festival, would we? No, but anyway, that's what they were doing, right? Now, what religious festival was it? It was the 
Okay, the Passover, and the Passover was all about wonderful things. It was a story of how God delivered his people from judgment by sheer grace. He was going to send an angel of death who was going to kill the firstborn in the land, but because of the houses of God's people that had been painted with the blood of the Lamb, the spotless Lamb, the angel passed over those houses of God's people that had been painted with the blood of the Lamb. They all deserve to die, but here was a lamb dying instead of them. That's the message of the Passover. Extraordinary grace of one dying in their stead. That's the message. But they were coming to the temple. That And what message were they getting? They came in past the noisy court of the Gentiles, avoiding the messes the cows had made. They bought an animal, and they, or they bought a bird, and, and, and they brought their sacrifice into the temple, and they paid their temple tax to get in. And, and so what they were doing is, well, I've paid. I've paid for my sacrifice. I've paid uh, my temple tax. Now God will do his bit. I'll just watch the performance, and I'll go home, and I'm completely untouched by the, the grace and wonder of the Passover story. And so what happens is that although you're telling the story of the Passover, the way that things have worked out now in the temple, just over time, it makes it easier. Yeah, we'll just bring the animals in here and we need a bit of money to keep the temple going and so on and so forth. Actually, the message was, you pay, you do a deal, and then God will bless you. It's a negotiation. It's a deal. That's, the, that's what was going on. It's not a place where you find grace. And Jesus says, that is not what my father is about. My father's house is a, it's a wonderful house. It's a place of grace and mercy and acceptance where you are honest about your failings. You come and you say what's wrong. You, you confess your sin. But God, through his grace and his mercy, forgives. No, it's a king who demands that you pay. It's a house of trade. It's a shopping center. It's an emporium. And I want to tell you that you can never be changed by a shopping center. And I don't know. Did you, go to the, did you go to the sales? Did anybody go to the sales? No. Uh, yeah, well, thank you, Gabby. You're the only honest girl here. But can I... <laughs> yeah, you did as well, Grace. Online. Oh, right. Okay. Can, was your heart changed? <laughs> was your heart changed by the... They weren't changed. No, of course not. Shopping center doesn't do it. But... So if you never come and say that you're a sinner and you're helpless and you never know the amazing grace of God, there's no gospel in that temple, is there? You have to pay. And so something precious is lost over time. I've been puzzling about this because I'm trying to sort of relate a temple which we're not used to, to today. Because we don't have temples today. But we can still do religion in that way. Where it's a negotiation. Look God, I've done all these things. I've done all these things, you must bless me. It's a negotiation. You go and haggle in a marketplace, don't you? You've got to bless me now. Well, if you came to church this morning with that on your mind then you will miss the precious thing. So that is the temple that needs to close. And of course, the the old temple 
um, worship was, was just a foretaste of the real true temple that was coming. Um, and that was, that was going to be laid to one side to a new temple that was going to come. So there's the first part of the story, which we've kind of puzzled over. Jesus is very passionate. His zeal for your house will consume me. Uh, and and, and he, he was very passionate about his father's house, a place of relationship, a family of belonging. He said, there's many rooms in my father's house. He wanted to be filled. But it looks as if this Old Testament temple model had just been corrupted so much that it was not doing what it was meant to do. And so he says something very surprising. He says, I'm going to replace that. I'm going to be the new temple. He says something very surprising. He says, destroy this temple. Verse 21, 20, 19. Sorry, let's get it right. Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they're puzzling the Jewish authorities about this. What does he mean? It took 46 years to build. Even the Felthams can't build a house in three days. <laughs> they can try, but they, even, it's impossible. What did Jesus mean? Destroy this body. Destroy this temple, sorry. I've given the clue away, and I will raise it again in three days. Well, what did he mean? He meant the temple was his body. Destroy me, I will raise it again in three days, and I am the temple. That's what he's saying. I am the new temple. I'm the temple that, uh, the, the, that's the real meeting place with God. I am the temple. Solomon's temple was filled with the glory of God. I am, he says, I'm the one who's filled with the glory of God, full of grace and truth. That's me. But I'm the meeting place between you and God. I'm the true meeting place. That old temple, it was a picture, but I'm the true meeting place between God and you and me. What does that mean? Well, it means that when we come to Jesus, looking to him to save us, we don't bring a sacrifice because he's already made the sacrifice. When his body, when his temple was destroyed, when his body was destroyed, that was the sacrifice. And, 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 and there's no cost of coming to this temple. You don't pay in order for God to do You come freely, and the way is open to the Father, to all who trust Jesus. The way is always open. to those who come to Christ. Now, is that the temple that you've come to this morning? <laughs> you see, this is, what does this all mean? What does this mean? I've been battling away trying to understand how, how we can just be slightly offline. I don't mean that in a computer sense, but slightly off in our direction, and we end up Getting it completely wrong. What does it mean to get it right? It means that you could have come this morning to church and you could be, as it were, in two different temples. You could be two people sitting next to each other. 
And one of you is saying, Lord, I've done this. I've made sacrifices. You bless me. It's a kind of mechanical thing. I come. You bless me. We're done. Or, Lord, I do not deserve your grace. I'm sinful. But I see in you that you have died for me. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. True Christianity, true religion, is a grace-based thing. Where you see that it has been paid. What is the Father's house really like? It's grace-based. And I know you know that. right? I know you know it's grace-based. But you can't help yourself thinking that somehow you've got to do something to earn God's favor. You can't help yourself, can you? And, and so it's really humbling to say, I've got nothing, Lord. I come to you this morning. My deeds are like filthy rags, but I come to you. And I'm in my father's house, his father's house, the father's house. So it's grace-based. Secondly, I always want you to notice it's his house. When we come, as it were, to Christ, we come under his rule. I love the way that in the temple, Jesus comes in and he overturns everything and he chucks everything out. And people say, well, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? <laughs> Philip will, will have heard me tell this story before because he does this um, at King's College. Um, but there is a story of a, a person who was sitting in, in King's, listening to King's College in Cambridge, you know, a very famous choir. And when you go there, you listen to them do everything. You don't sing, right? They, they, they do all the singing. And they're singing a hymn. And this particular guy was just caught, caught up in the worship of it all, started to sing. And the verger came over to him and said, can you stop singing? He said, this is the house of God. <laughs> and the virgin said, no, it's not. It's King's College Chapel, <laughs> which I thought was a great story. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's true or not. But do you see, it's his place. It's not ours. And I love the way that Jesus can do what he wants with his temple. Now, the thing about using the image of temple here is that actually you read through the New Testament, you discover the church is his temple. And then you read through a little bit more, you discover that you yourself, as, as a person, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit as well. So the word temple has got lots of multiple uses, and I don't have time to explain it all now. But all I can tell you is that it's his temple, and it ain't yours. And that means you personally, and it means the church too. So imagine, would you please, just with me, imagine that you have an apartment, and a friend comes and, and walks into your apartment and says, oh, it's a nice apartment, but actually, I'm going to move the sofa. <laughs> actually, I'm going to tear down the wallpaper. I really hate that wallpaper. It's so 1990s. It's really awful. You know, and repaints the wall. Um, <laughs> what color? <laughs> Magnolia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> repaints the wall. Uh, and you go, hey, what are you doing? It's my house. <laughs> No, it's not. He says, it's actually, it's mine. You're just renting it from me. I'm the owner. <laughs> I can do what I want with it. If Jesus comes into your life, he's the owner. He made you. He can come into your life and rearrange it as he wants. And he is the owner of this body, which we call the temple as well. 
It's his place. And here's the last thing I want you to see. In this story, where Jesus throws people out, he throws them out of a particular part of the temple. It's the court of the Gentiles. And it may not be entirely clear here, but it is in the other versions of this story. And the court of the Gentiles are where the outsiders go, the seekers, the unwashed, as it were. And, and the great thing is, is that there's a place for them. There's a place for them. Um, and they were pushed out by all that was going on, by the animals, the money changers. The people in that old temple didn't care about those people, but Jesus does. He wants people to meet with God in my Father's house and many rooms. He died so that people could meet with him. And so if you are part of his temple, then it's grace-based, it's his, and other people are very important to Jesus. So the kind of question I'm asking this morning is, uh, what temple did you go to this morning? What what kind of religion have you got? Have you got that old one? Is it the one that needs to close? Where you do your bit and God does his bit, but you never really meet with one another, you and God? Or is it the one that's open, that's paid, that you're just amazed by grace? It's his house and it's for others. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this at the beginning of the year because I just want us to get us lined up for 2019. There's something humbling and precious about a right relationship with God that's based on grace. And I don't want you to lose something precious. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you this morning, we said the words of Psalm 95. We sang all people that on earth do dwell. We confessed our sins. We sang, I'm going to trust in God. We thought about you being born in a squalor of a borrowed stable. And later we'll sing, Lord, for the years. And Lord, in all this, we pray that we may not, not have approached you in the wrong way, thinking we're doing a deal with you, but just humbly approaching our Heavenly Father through the new and living temple that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we come to him, the way, the truth, and the life, we find that we're in the Father's presence where it is grace that saves us, where you have your way and where other people matter. May that be our living experience for 2019, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
It's easy for us, isn't it, to think of Christmas in terms of presents and Christmas trees and lights. But the first Christmas when Jesus came wasn't all lovey-dovey. And in fear of what this Messiah might do, the government of the time, Herod, ordered the slaughter of all the children of a village. So as we sing our very traditional song, Unto Us Is Born a Son, a very ancient carol, we just remind ourselves that it just wasn't all sugar and, and nice. Please stand and we'll sing. Shall we sit to pray? As I say, Lord, in your mercy.